Alphabet Intelligence Podcast. Afrobeat Intelligence, democratizing African music. So you were saying about when you were trying to leave the industry. Yeah. So, so it the was, same cycle was yeah, happening again. Same and thing again over and, and over again. again. And then that was it boring for you. Um, it became boring. It became like it became. It wasn't challenging anymore. It's like you want to put a new single. I literally can put out a song in my sleep. Yeah. Did you get? I don't even like these days. I'm usually the last person to even post new music is out, because <laughs> it's like if I've been following me since 2009 on Twitter, it would be like. What's with this person every yeah. day? Listens to this, listens to this, listens sure. like same old, same old, same old, and everything. And I wanted something different. I wanted a bit, a lot more. Um, I wanted to be challenged. I wanted to learn something new. Um, I also felt like I was giving more than I was getting. Yeah. So I was drained half the time. Like I was drained all the time. Not even half. I was drained all the time, mentally, emotionally, physically. Like I was always tired. Yeah. You know, cause. It's like, give, 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 give. I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. You know, and that's how it is. You know, on this on this side of the bench, you end, like, in, on most days, you're, you're giving more than you're receiving. Yeah. You know, and but, I wanted I wanted something different. But in, in, in that sort of situation, like, you've, you've, where does your, apart from, like, passion and the purpose that you have when you're, when you're doing this, what what brings you joy? When when do you get to celebrate? Where are those moments where it's all worth it? Um, like the moment when you know you put out that one record that everybody loves. Okay. Or the moment when you see people celebrating an artist that you've worked with for so long, and everyone finally sees what it is that you saw. You know those moments are priceless. Like I still can't get over, like if I'm in a room. Yeah. And. Say for example, I'm in a room and cold outside comes up. Comes up. I don't know how to react. Yeah. Yeah. But those moments are the moments that I that I live for. Nice. You know? Yeah. Nice. And then are, are they enough for you to like, for you to go through like the negatives? Are they enough? Do they tidy over? Um. It's so weird, man. Yes. <laughs> like how like how it works. Yes. Yeah. Like it just makes you feel like you can do everything. You can do anything and everything. Because it's like, you found this one artist. So I'll give an example. Um, I was talking to Beat Freaks in the UK last week. Yeah. Um, we haven't spoken in like a year. Like we catch up every year. Um, Beat Freaks, the amazing producers in the UK, produce so many hit records in the UK. Yeah. And Shout out to Big Freak. Yeah, yeah the Beat Freaks. Big, 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 big <laughs> yeah. Freaks. Yeah, I remember when we started chatting. This was like 20, 2010 or so. And so when I hit him up, he's like, yo... Like one of Uche, Uche, one of the brothers is like, yo, you know, you can hit us up at any time. Like they still remember when I hit them up in 2010, telling them to listen to this amazing artist. Yeah. Guess who the artist was? Whiskey. For real? Like, bro, like, so when everyone's seeing or talking about Wiz the way that they're talking about him now, it's like, welcome guys. You're like 10 years late. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, so seeing all of that is like, it makes you feel like you can do everything. But then not every artist is like Wiz. Yeah, true. So Wiz, Wiz. When did you, when did you start? You start when did you? When was the first time you ever heard Wiz? Was it from the Beat Freaks? Bro, no, I was the one bro. who told Beat Freaks about them, about him. When, when was the first was, time? When was the first was, time you saw Wizkid? Like you heard him? So, 
So was, like, was it whiskey <laughs> then? No, like 2007, 2008. So there was this thing I was doing with. Um, so I, I was. Um, how did I mean Nomolas? I don't even know. But then I started doing this thing with Nomolas and Joyce Izeyamu called Club Nomolas. Okay. God rest um, Nomolas. What was Club Nomolas? It was a hangout. Like it was, I don't even know what day of the week it was, but then I, I know that it was at Planet One. Yeah. And at the beginning, there was like a one hour for new artists, you know, to come perform. So we had this group on Facebook. So we'd have people come um, on Facebook and then submit entries or whatnot. And then at the time, um, I was friends with Nyori. Nyori was this amazing, amazing dance hall artist, female dance hall artist. Like, and then she told me about some kid. Do you know Leo Vicious? I know Leo Vicious. Like, way from, back, yeah. Way, way, way so she's told me there's this kid that used to come around OJB studio and he's, he sounded like Leo Vicious. He's really young. He's amazing. I think, you, you know, you can work with him. I know that you're busy, but I, I think you can work with him. Like, I think you should work with him. I was just like, mm. I'm focused on Kale. Like, what did I even know that I was doing with Kale? Yeah. <laughs> Let me face the one that I'm doing and then we'll figure figure everything out later. So one day I'm deleting text from my Nokia phone. Because <laughs> I, I see like text entries from Club Nomolos. Yeah. And I see this one text like, hi, my name is Whiskey. I'm the one Yuri told you about. Because I think she told him to text me. Um, Please let me know when I can come see you. And then I told him to come and then he came to... Had it won. What year was this? This is like 2007. 2007. 2007, 2008. Yeah. Okay. And then I think he was running late. And then I called and apparently he'd been outside. They weren't letting him, letting him in. And because he was like, he was 17 at the time or 16. I don't remember. But then he looked like he was like, bro, like, what are you doing here? He, <laughs> he looked, looked like he was 10. Looked, yeah, because he had this baby face. Yeah. So he had this small. Yeah, he had these white jeans on tight white. We used to wear the tightest <laughs> jeans, tight like skinny like skinny ass jeans, white, and then these black shoes and a black shirt. Yeah. And just from looking at him, like I knew that like, yo, this this boy is not ordinary. Yeah. Even what 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 gave you that feeling? What was it about him back then? So for you? me, like so for every artist that I work with. It, there has to be that connection. Yeah. Like I need to, like I can feel it. Like I can see it. I can feel it from three minutes from a conversation with you for like three minutes. I know. And in those three minutes, I know that I know if you don't believe that you are that person that I see. Yeah. And I know that if I try to show you, you can either catch on or you won't catch on. Most times I know that the artist won't catch on or the person won't catch on you get yeah. unless there's a song that blows up but for you to actually like i don't know how to explain how to explain you, you, it you, you, ha you have to see your greatness yeah you have to see it because even if i see it if you can't if you can't own it if you don't live up to it you would never be great you would have one or two hit songs but that's about it mm. you get so your three minutes with whiskey he saw it like i i knew that he knew okay do you get because there's nothing like even when we started to do like the um, we so I was friends with the guys at Night House, and I that was the only studio where we could get like free time and all. Yeah. Um. So even when we started to go to the studio, there's nothing that Gomez would ask Wiz to do that Wiz wouldn't do. He was never too tired to try out something. He was never too tired to, you know, pronounce this the way that you know the correct. He was never too tired. He, he was so willing to learn. Yeah. 
Yeah. Even there was even a time when we used to rehearse performances with remote controls in the tight ass fucking studio. That studio was with remote controls. Yeah, that studio was like half the size of this room. Okay. You know, yeah, like he was never too tired. Even when I was in the hospital in Luce. And this is a small room, to be honest. Yeah, this is a very small room <laughs> in Luce. I remember um, M.I. agreeing to mix and master a song called Mami Water. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the day he went to the house with the data. He got the data, went to the house. That was the day he got on Fast Money, Fast Cars. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. I know. So, like. So, he got to the house and then he recorded over there. Yeah. So, he told me, he's like, oh, there's this song that I did. That, oh, M.I. put, I think the song is going to be on M.I.'s album. So, we're like, ah. <laughs> thank god i even remember like so when i finally started going out after my accident so banky had like we went we always used to hang out at sway bar yeah sway bar is a legendary place yeah it, it was it was the place so we went to sway bar and as we got out the cab um the black and white taxi yeah. we're here we were the, the music was playing like there was a song playing and he's like that's the song i did at emma's house i was like who's playing it then we went, he was playing from Basket Mouse Car. Oh. He was playing from other for that people, telling them how this kid is like the next thing. And I said to them, obviously, with my swollen face, you know, bat, my battered face, I'm like, yeah. this is the kid that's singing that song. And they looked at us as if, nice one. They just, as in Basket was just like, nice one, nice one, nice one. <laughs> like, well done. Because they didn't think like, that was him. This girl now with battered face, then this child. This child. Because <laughs> he was so small. Yeah. So we left, we went upstairs. You know, and fast forward. <laughs> Gee, yeah, fast forward. We used to get kicked out of, like, we couldn't get into clubs. You think couldn't get into clubs because whiskey was too small? Yeah. And I was a babe. You get, like, yeah, I was, I was skinny as fuck. So, so, so you were this. I was skinny you as were this fuck. Skinny tall woman. With glasses. Like, tall it's babe it's with like, glasses. what are you doing here? Like, I was such a geek. Like, I looked like such a geek. It's like, what are you doing here with a child? And besides you, is a child. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> then maybe sometimes Kel will be there. So it's like, and Kelso was young. So that was like, what's that? Like three misfits. Like, what are you guys looking for here? So there were days when, so if Sound Sultan, God bless his soul, if he's performing at the show, yeah. Kelso would have texted him like, Baba, what time are you going to be there? So we make sure we get there around the same time yeah. so that Sound Sultan can say, let's, let's all move together. Let them in. Yeah. That kind of thing. Or just hope that someone will recognize us at the entrance. Yeah. True. Crazy times. Yeah. Huh. But, how did we get here? <laughs> yeah, it's you know, that was the question you asked. No, 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 don't think about how how we got <laughs> here because I'm I'm curious about when you when you started working because the first time I heard of you, it was so very much closely rel- related to Whiskey. So they're like, that's the lady that manages Whiskey. That's the Whiskey's manager. That's the person that blew. That's Whiskey manager. Then later when I started. When I became more knowledgeable in the game and I started going back in history and asking questions about the greatness that existed then, like where did it come from? Because I was always, I always look for etymology, the origin mm-hmm. of things. And they told me, that's the lady that blew whiskey. That's the lady that blew whiskey. And I'm like, uh-uh, how did you know? <laughs> so back then, so I, I was, I'm curious back then, like, so after you guys met and you could see it, what was the next thing? What yeah, yeah. What, when did you say, okay, I was going to work with this guy? And and what made you do that? I know you could see the talent with the first three minutes and I he just, believed it. Like, the fact that he did everything he, he could to look as good as he did. Like, he didn't look like, he wasn't wearing, like, yeah. the shoes weren't the nicest. He looked fly. But, 
Yeah, like I could tell that he put in effort to look fly. Okay. <laughs> you know, and then when I listened to music, there was so many, like, it's like if you made these songs without anybody, you know, guiding you, imagine when there's someone. So he had it. He had G- the music. Had the music was, what, what was the music sounding like? Auto tune. <laughs> Okay. Like it was so auto-tuned, man. But then that's that's how they knew how to, or that's how they wanted to. Because Wiz, Wiz was singing, he sounded like a pop star. He yeah. wasn't making like the usual records that were being made at the time. Yeah. So he was jumping on beats that, like I remember, you know, we've, we, we, we used to listen to a lot of Rock City back then. Because yeah. there were always all these songs that Rock City used to put out you know yeah um sean kingston yeah. so he was his sound at the time was very sean kingston like yeah. and it was weird to see a young artist do that like not a lot of artists were doing that um like it was just weird um so we we what was the first like he used to record that ojb studio yeah so what he used to do was wait so let's say two-face has a eight-hour session yeah. Or somebody has an eight-hour session. There's no way they're using eight hours. Even at night house, that's what we used to do. Hang around, like wait for artists who have booked eight-hour like sessions. They never finish their sessions, so they like, so like while they're working, when the back Wiz is writing. Yeah. So that once there's like a free Gomez will come and say, okay, there's thirty minutes or there's one hour. Then we go in there. Which of the Gomez like, is this? You've mentioned him twice. Um, Timmy Tapwe Gomez. Timmy Gomez. Timmy Gomez. Okay, Gomi. Cool. Yeah, Gomi is actually one of my. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know him. I just wanted yeah. to make sure that <laughs> it was his name you were calling. Yeah, that's my, that's my ride or die. Like, yeah. we ride yeah. or we ride. I, I think, no ride I think die. he's a great guy. He's an amazing guy. He's the one. So, the first version of. So, when we. How Banky met Wiz. So, there was this well, gig. B- b- before we get to Banky yeah. and Wiz. So, I, wanted, I was just. Okay, yeah. you wanted to link it back to him writing in the studio then? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, we'll, we'll, we'll go to it. We'll but basically, to. like, so Wiz, the way that he wrote music or the way that he recorded music he would always listen to whatever changes like he would do like there's nothing that you would suggest to Wiz that he wouldn't try yeah he would try it if it works then we keep it if it doesn't work then he will suggest something else like so just seeing that like Wiz like Grammys like someone said oh why isn't he posting Grammy I'm like do you think Wiz did not think he would be nominated for a Grammy do you think it's surprising for him it's like what next do you think he did not think that he would have a song like Essence at some point in his career. Sure. Like, he's been ready for these things since, like, 2008, at least. Yeah. You know? Okay, okay so, that happened. Mm-hmm. When did when did Banky meet him? Hmm. When? <laughs> so, many, um, so, when I was working, so, Kel. Okay, how did you move him to Banky? How did you become so, aligned with Banky? So, Kel, um, amazing rapper. Um, first artist I ever managed, um, worked with her. Like Clarence had decided to start a label, you know, and then Kill was the first artist. Yeah. So um, we used to like we were always at Nighthouse Studio or you know at shows or whatever. So Clarence had gotten me this dead ass camera, but then it was amazing. I think the, the camera we used to shoot in SD or something. Yeah. Um, so I used to like every time we go to Nighthouse, I just make videos, videos of Wiz, videos of Ice Prince, like anyone who was recording. Like I just record because Clarence wanted me to learn also um, either how to create documentaries or how to edit or whatever. So there was this one video um, 
Ayo, we plug good music in the UK. Yeah. Has sent me nice these beat, yeah, gigs. We went to, went to school together. So all of these things, we used to talk about it. Like, That's a good guy. Yeah. That's a good yeah. person. He supports so, me. Yeah. <laughs> so he had sent me this song by gigs. Um, I, I can't remember what it, what it, the song was, but the, the beat, he had sent it to me. I said, oh, it's becoming a big thing in the UK. Everyone's jumping on it. I think that Kel or anyone at Nighthouse should jump on it. So there was a version with Kel and M.I. and Gomi. Yeah. Because Gomi, Gomi was, Gomi was a rapper. Then. Okay. Othello, that was his hip hop. Othello. Name. Yeah, he's on yeah. a song with Mochella, so. Yes, I, I, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. And then um, the second one was now Wiz, Jesse, and Ice Prince. So it's like the guys, like the Dons, and then new school guys. So the I posted the video, like the Wizkid part on Facebook. Yeah moved on from that just posted like just to get everyone excited or whatever so now we started to back Kel up at her shows then we'll go to do this show at green springs where back Kel would have a show and we would be the back backup yeah. artist yeah okay because we're, we're doing that one to build his um stage performance stage, stage performance stage get presence to, yeah, get people to, to even know, know him. him yeah yeah and all that and he would always sing was what's that song wow all right yeah. yeah, he would sing the hook <laughs> and everything. And then we went to do this, perform at this show at Green Springs. And after the show, Banky had performed, Emma had performed. And Banky's like, oh, let's go to Shagun, like, let's go back to Shagun's house. Let's just go have drinks, you know, hang out. And we all went. So I went to drop my footage yeah. from my camera <laughs> at Clarence's studio. And when I came back, everyone's just going on and on about Wiz. So apparently, Emma knew who Wiz was. You know, because he's been there yeah. from the jump. Yeah. So I think he wanted to grab a charger for his Blackberry or something. So he said, Wiz, help me. And then Mikey goes, wait, are you the Wiz kid from Facebook? Are you the Wiz kid in this video on Facebook? And that, that's... And that was it. That was it. Huh. So how did that change, that, that situation? Because you just described quite the image of you finding an artist not knowing what to do with the artist but knowing that there was greatness in him you were so determined to bring out this greatness that's I just wanted everyone to hear him yeah like, okay so, so i didn't know what to do but i knew that if if you put him in a lot of more spaces yeah, and everybody hear could him, hear him they see him magic they could would. happen yeah exactly huh. and so <laughs> banky hearing him and then he's like okay i want to work with you yeah how did that situation change? And they, and they for gave you? us, they gave us. I think it was like fifty or sixty k to go record new music. So in, then, instantly at that moment, or later? yeah, like we want to sign you, but go let's go make music. Let's hear what you can do. And then so we they, went, they gave you fifty or sixty k. Fifty or sixty k. Yeah. Then we went to <laughs> went everywhere. We first went to the studio, one of the studios where he used to record. I forgot what it was on. It's that road called Eric. No, not not Eric Moore. What's that one with the NYC campus? Babs Anima Shaun. There was a studio on Babs Anima Shaun. I don't remember okay. the name of the studio. So we went there. He recorded. He recorded with VTech, um, VD. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we th we th we're ready. He recorded this song called Holla At Your Boy. And we're uh, ready. <laughs> we're so ready. So Holla At Your Boy came from that 50K. Yeah, then we went to play it for Gomez. Like, this is like, we recorded the biggest song in the world and we're about to go you know play it for banky and then gomez said please <laughs> don't even try it like this is your this is the quickest way out like to lose banky's interest and everything bring Wiz back on so so and so day 
I'll get DJ Clem from Ibadan to come and record. DJ Clem was also part of Testify Records, by the way. What were you guys? <laughs> yeah, Clem, great guy. He's also a good person. He supports me to this day. Um, <laughs> what was in Holla at Your Boy that you people saw and knew it was good? It was the hook. It was very catchy. And then the fact that what he was saying was so relatable for a kid his age. Okay. You know. So we went back to the studio. Um I'm Gomez. just trying to pull up. I'm just trying yeah. to pull up. Holla at your boy. Yeah. So Gomez. Yeah. Gomez changed the entire like directing Wiz and Clem. They changed like if you hear the original version of that song and what you guys finally heard. Yeah. It's like very different. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, they weren't. They didn't tell him to come back to make a new song. They no. just they knew. He, he, Gomez said this one like this. Holla at your boy. There was now who gets um. There was holla at your boy. There was another one. But anyways, so. We made that song, and then that same night they recorded Giddy Girl in one night. like In one night. Holla yeah. at your boy and Giddy Girl. In one night. In one night. Yeah. He did so many takes. What did he eat he that ready. night? Because I don't even remember. I want to, to eat it too. <laughs> I don't even remember, but it was just Gomez pushing. Like, the way Gomez pushed him that night, bro. Like, <laughs> it was Gomez. Like, Gomez pushing Clem, like, directing everything that everyone was doing okay this pronounce this like this pronounce it again say it again yeah again again and then Wiz wasn't tired like that's what i loved about him like he wanted to learn so much like he would do it over and over and over no and matter over. how many times they demanded from him yeah as long as you know the she, art as long as the art gets better gets better yeah then they did giddy girl then we went back and that was it then banky got him on um the night we took the music to him, that same night, he wanted him to write a verse for Omoge You Too Much. Yeah. So and that was... And after he recorded his verse, yeah. and when he recorded his verse, yeah. like, if the contract was ready, yeah. the moment he was done, <laughs> that was the day he was signing. Everybody knew... Like, that was it. What was in... Wh- wh- why, why did... Why were they convinced after that Omoge You Too Much? Why were they convinced? What Bro, was it, what was happening you know, in that room? Have you heard any artists... Like, imagine the time that you heard Omoge You Too Much. Yeah. Do you remember that verse? Yes, I Girl, do. you fine? That's yeah. what I mean, you know? I see. I love it. Is there any artist in that time that sounded like that or who sing like that in this Nigeria? No. Do you get it? So no, nobody had, had that thing. If, and when you heard it, you knew that he was different. Yeah. From the very first time I ever heard Wiz, and yeah. that's the thing—that's the thing he had with everybody. Once you hear him, you could tell that there was something special here. Mm-hmm. Even if you can't put the finger on it, mm-hmm. you just knew that this was different. Mm-hmm. And then he knows, he knows, he knows. Like he would tell me, like Sags, this is going to work. This is not going to work. Yeah. I always say, like, I need to listen to Wiz more. <laughs> Because if I listen to Wismo and I've worked with less artists than I have in my entire career. Because <laughs> when he meets artists, he knows if this person is just doing this for fame yeah. and fortune or if this person actually fucks with the music, you know. And he will tell me, say this one. One year. Let's see, one year. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold. So, so he had that, he had that on He still has it. He yeah, still has yeah, it. Yeah, he does. Because mm-hmm. even now, when you see him work with people, the people he works with, the people he invites into his camp and everything... He invites originals. He sees everything and listens to everything. He, he invites only originals. I've never seen Wiz work with someone that isn't in it for it. Never. I've never mm-hmm. seen him work with a hustler. It's always artists. Art. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah. <laughs> so so that was that was like you would you would have known if you had met him then if you had seen him then you'd have just known that okay this was different. So that night the contract was given to him. No no no. I was just like if the contract was ready. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like that would have been the night. And then um but for you yourself you know knowing that you picked up an artist when nobody believed you sacrificed for him you put it you even ran with him when you were trying to recuperate from such a ghastly accident what did that mean for you finally finding as a manager finally find meeting people who were willing to put money into this your dream um not just the money i think just even the because there's so much that i learned from shegunde and so much that i learned from tunde and banky yeah um shegun used to have these conversations with us where he'd he'd ask us to come to the house maybe like 4 p.m then the chef would make food for us jigger would relax yeah. then the meeting will start to like maybe 9 p.m Whoa. and then when the meeting starts it's like lectures about you know um hip-hop in new york about biggie tupac like some foundational stuff that i would never have had you get like would never there's nobody in this like there's nobody that ever told us those things or told all those things um the first time i ever heard talent is not enough you know talent and discipline over everything like talent is, it was from shego yeah. like things like that so um for me it was just very it was a learning curve a very important learning curve for me yeah because um, now it's finally within a space where um, yes, there was money to fund certain things, but then there was also there were also people who were willing to share from their experiences and the knowledge that they had about the music business. Yeah, you know, so stuff like performance riders, you yeah. know, performance contracts, um, the processes and protocols of booking an artist. You know, I learned I learned at EME. Okay. Yeah, um, putting structure to like a. PR campaign or marketing campaign or whatever. You learned it from there yeah. too. Oh, those are very fundamental things that anyone who works in this space, whether even we are managing an artist or you're managing anything else, as long as you're surprised. in this space, you'd, you could, you, you'd have to know those things. <laughs> you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. <laughs> okay, amazing. Yeah. I'm curious about everything. So that happened. What was the road to the album like for you was that your first album you were releasing with an artist the road to superstar yes oh yeah uh was that the first album no it was the second what um, was the first kel's the investment okay yeah that was that was a very that was the first one and it was a very interesting project that was like a year before or two years before superstar. it was like a year before yeah. i think it was the same year i don't remember <laughs> i need to get my dates yeah but it was before so superstar was 20 what year was superstar superstar was 20 let me check 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 joey google I'm, I'm looking at it here it, it was 10 last year it was 2011 2011 yeah, yeah that's what it says even on yeah. apple yeah. even on the streaming platform. <laughs> yeah 2011 so so that means the investment was 2010 yeah because accident was 2008 yeah, it was 2010 2011 yeah 2011 so it was the second one but it was the one with um i think it was the first mainstream project, project that you were working me. on yeah because we even did the launch party at eco hotel okay what was how was the how was the road to that album 
like what 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 happened when you decided to work when you guys decided to work on on a project Mm, what happened i think we had put out like different things oh by the way i licked I got into trouble for highlight your boy for you tease me and Dondo. You licked four were, of them. Yeah, the three of them because they were all not released at like with a- actual. Jesus, I just realized I just confessed <laughs> on the <this> show because <laughs> I yes. swear to God, this is a, she I did it. People, I never admitted it. She did it. She did it. I never admitted this shit, man. But anyways, um, yeah, because we were so we were so we didn't understand structure. We didn't understand why we had to wait for so long when we had such great music and everywhere we would go, everyone, if you're all our friends, everyone that would hear it, you know, would be like, when is this coming out? I want this song. I want this song. Yeah. You know, but anyways, um, it got to a point where back, uh, well, she, she was like, you know, it's album time. We need to prepare, like get ready for the album. Well, before the album, yeah. what song was, what song had convinced you guys that you guys Dundo. were doing? Dundo. Dundo was, Dundo like, was doing the numbers. Yeah. It, all three songs were doing, but then Dundo was just like the, the peak Dundo never had a video yeah but it was one you know? it, it had it the, just, the best reaction yeah like it was so wild it was so viral like it got so big in such little time like it's like you know what we're ready for the album like it didn't make any other any sense to drop another single it had to be an album you know and when he started to record the album i think the first set of recordings that he did trying to remember if it was with e kelly or with jay slick i don't remember but then you know when the song started to come in we kind of like just knew that these were the records that were going to make the album the very last song um where he goes um shout out to my real niggas gonna go make you big oh yeah that was the last song he recorded and yeah. i don't think it was it wasn't even meant to be but he recorded it and it was such a vibe so we're like you know what let's just put it and use it to end the project yeah and then that's uh that's this record uh let me see i think it's called shout out shout out yes yes that's the song he he gave everybody yeah <laughs> yeah i can see why you guys thought this was a vibe yeah and, and then you close the album with it but on the road to the album was there any moment where you guys knew this was a classic like when you guys were recording like did you know it had this impact in its pouch yeah like so i don't i don't think that it was ever like a okay guys we're in album mode so we're recording from january 1st to march 30th or whatever recording the album it was just like guys the album is next so your next set of recordings you know are all considerations for the album so um it was all these like different sessions with different producers um sam clef mastercraft because he he'd even met sam clef when we skills had introduced him to sam clef when we when we that was when we, the day we made made um tease me yeah and the spot where they made that song was such it was underneath some stairs in some place in oregon so very Wasn't dangerous trenches. like bro was it trenches <laughs> serious <laughs> trenches <laughs> but yeah uh, they made two songs there's one song that was really big in abuja called orimi yeah orimi or black body like yeah. that song was never released as a single anywhere but yeah those are the two songs that they made under the stairs in that place that day 
Um, so yeah, there, there wasn't like it was it was just Wiz, you know, finding his sound and then you know putting together a body of work. Yeah. Um, Sam Clef, um, Jay Slick, uh, E. Kelly. I'm trying to remember if Mastercraft was on this project, but Mastercraft was also Mastercraft used to work with um, Banky at the time, and I know that Wiz and Skills were always excited, you know, to still like to sit with them and work with, to sit with him and work with him. Um, I'm trying to remember who else produced on that project, but yeah, like those songs were like the defining moment for him, like. He can't like yeah. Mastercraft was on that project. He produced one of the biggest songs, No Lele. Yeah, No Lele. Yeah, actually, I just remembered. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think for Wiz, like working on that project, working on the rehearsals, the rehearsals for the show, like the album launch, yeah, was kind of like the moment, like such an important, important moment for him, where he kind of like knew that yes, so everything, all my dreams, have been valid. You know, to this point now, I have to get it. Like I have to get everything right now. There's no going back. Yeah. Yeah. There's no going back to OJB Studio waiting for a session. There's no going back to Night House. Yeah. You know, it's like forward, 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 forward. We even had tried to work with SARS, but we couldn't afford SARS at the time. Yeah. Yeah. SARS <laughs> was Sars. always it. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And, um, and then project dropped the night. The project dropped. The day dropped. How June was 12th. that day? June twelfth. How was that day? Um, I think it would have been different now in twenty twenty two. Like, would have been waiting at midnight because we'd have been waiting to see playlist updates. Yeah, would have been waiting to see the song on all the stores. Like, like you know, how how was it released? Like, in terms of like, what did the release so look like at the time? Like, um, so we made we made uh, I think we broke a record for the amount that we had sold the album to the marketer in Alaba for for an artist who had no albums out before. You know, a very new artist, and I can't remember how much it was that we got, but I know that it was record. Like people didn't even believe that that's the amount that we got, and that was the amount we got. Um, yeah. So how was it released? I don't know. By morning, people had it on their, like people could buy the CDs. You know, the <laughs> blogs that uploaded the album had uploaded it for free downloads. You know, it was just everywhere. You know, and then yeah, it was actually on iTunes and Apple Music from the jump. And then um, CD Baby. And then the reaction. Uh, when, when the, the reaction was wild. Coming. The reaction was wild. Because now it wasn't just don't do It was like every fucking song on the project. You know, every single song. Like even the songs that we didn't, you know, even my list favorites. You know, if you had listened to your list favorite, there was someone else who was in love with it. I couldn't get over it, you know. It was wild. It was crazy. Yeah, it was my first year in school, university then. It was my, that was 2011. I think, yeah, my first or second year, I know I was still early in school. And I bought this project, not because I, I've always loved music. That's why I'm even still here. I like music, <laughs> the very art of it. So, I'd, so I, from time to time, I just go around when they give me my, when I get my pocket money, when I could hustle money out, I always pass by CD spots and just buy a lot of them. I just pack so much. So I and put at home and then play. That's the only thing I had that worried in the book two things I enjoy. And Whiskey was one of them, like, ah, we'll be this boy. Because people in school then, people that had come from Lagos, this was in Aquaibum. Mm-hmm. So people that had come from Lagos then, there was a guy, Victor, Victor, yeah, Victor, he was in Lagos, he lived in Aguda. 
Because when I moved to Lagos, I went to visit him in Aguda. In in yes. And I, he was always like, whiskey. He's a very passionate guy. Whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. I'm like, ah, uh-uh. he said, whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. I said, who be this whiskey? So on my way back from school, I was in the trenches too. So I was, mm. I was trekking home. So while, while, while I had enough money for music, but not enough to pay 50 naira for keke. Like if I had 500 naira, and you tell me that, okay, these CDs now are 500 naira, I'll calculate, okay. I probably buy the CDs for four hundred naira. Buy gala and coke or like Asera yes. and, and gala. Yes. With the remaining hundred naira, so that's and I'll trek <laughs> with my CDs. So that's what happened. I bought the CD, <laughs> went home. I had this little player that the pastor had given me as a gift for my matriculation, and <laughs> and and then I slaughtered it. And it was in my mm-hmm. room. I sl- I was living in church then. Even I was living in church in a choir room. And you're playing whiskey in church. Well, Caesar, like, Caesar, well, Caesar. you know, you, you got to give Caesar his due. <laughs> <laughs> so I played it and it, it, it sounded so different. Mm-hmm. It felt like I had fallen in love, love at first listen. I, yeah, I think even the producers on the project, you know, knew that he was different. Okay. So the music, the sounds that they were producing, because it worked with other artists. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't similar to what they were doing with Wiz, even till today. Um, I think with Wiz, you kind of like just like for producers, um, when they're with in sessions or when they meet artists that have to, they they know, yeah. So it even inspires what they're able, what they create, you know, with the artist, you know. It, it like with him, it was like everyone who worked on that project, even with the engineer. And I even remember when we're mixing and mastering that project with Zeno Foster, he had asked for Banky to come in with Wiz. Yeah. To retake certain notes and lines and do certain backups and ad libs on the record, you know, like yeah, like it was just it was all just different. Mm. Okay, so ways happened, the split. Why did you guys split? You guys are such a good team. We're still guys. Who's my guy? <laughs> yeah, of course. They're still. I'm not. They're not talking about the guy. relationship. I'm talking about like oh, then. Then. Um, I think at the point, like, so there's. Then he had become big. He had become like the early version of yeah. popular whiskey. What's, what's that thing that Timaya always says? Ten friends cannot be friends for ten years. Yeah. What's that thing here? Yeah, ten friends cannot be friends for ten, <laughs> ten years. Ten years. Yeah. Okay. When was the when when did you know that? You guys were no longer going to work together in, actually, the, in, in the format that you guys were working together at that point. No, we actually made the decision together on his birthday in 2012. Why? Why did you? Why did it get uh, there? So I wanted, like, I, the dream was never ever to be to manage one artist. Like I said, when his, when 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 all of this started for me, I was trying to figure out how to sell music. To sell music, I needed artists labels to trust me. Yeah. And how could I build their trust? You know, I had to do something that was, um, I had to build a reputation doing something in music, in music business that could, you know, build or get their trust and whatnot. And so Whiskey's campaign showed? Yeah, no, but then he, so at the time I started to work with, like at that time I was already working with Shady because EME had now signed Shady Scales. Neola. So I had decided to work with Shady Skills Neola. I had a company called Metal Music and everything. Yeah, that was the first company yeah. I know. I, yeah. I spoke with you about Metal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's my first, one of my first tattoos, actually. Oh, nice. That's a beautiful, <laughs> let me see. Yeah. That's a, I never, like, I couldn't stay still, so it's yeah. messed up to it. That's a beautiful end. tattoo. Yeah, I have a lot more. Yes. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, but he, at the, at the time, like, there was 
we had already been to LA. We'd already done our first gig in London. We already tra- we'd already done our first um, US tour. Our first headline, our first like two. We'd head- we'd headline like a few shows. We had headline our own show in the UK. So things were getting to a point where he needed you know a lot more attention. Like one person is focused on him. Yeah. And I wasn't trying to let go of everything because in my head I'm thinking about all the other managers before me. I was so focused on one artist and after focusing on one artist, the artist wakes up and says, I'm done. Yeah. And then they go back to, some of them never recover. Like some of them never recovered. You know, a lot of them like from that time have never recovered. Yeah, you know, they've true. never, you know, started working. Like it just, I don't want to call names. Yeah, people but, never get it back yeah, when they, never, they invest so much in an artist. Yeah, so I didn't, yeah, I never wanted to be that one person. So I was excited that like, I've gone from Kel, there's Wiz, he's doing amazing, you know, there's these other guys, it could be them, it could be anyone else, but I don't want to be, you know, tied here. So I think it was just that in that moment, yeah, when he texted me that, when he sent me that text, he sent a broadcast, I think that's why I got mad, because I was fine, we had the conversation, it was yeah. fine, and then he sends a broadcast, and then I just go, like, I just went crazy. What, what, <laughs> what made you angry about the broadcast? Cause I was like, you're spilling our shits everywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Wiz, Wiz was, Wiz was, Wiz was like my best friend. Like he's still like the way that, even till now, like when we when we see, it's like when you see both of us, it's like we we're together yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it feels like like it's, it looks like uh, these guys must talk every day, but we yeah. probably talk like twice a year, or once a year. But it's that yeah. way with people. We we we'll come up from the trenches together. <laughs> These trenches. <laughs> yes, it's the, you guys are in the trenches. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess so. There's like so much history. Oh, nice. Yeah, like he can see me somewhere, and he knows exactly how I feel about being in that place. Huh. Like I can see him somewhere in the midst of, or I know, like, we just trying to get get out of yeah. here like two seconds. Nice, and and yeah. and working with him. What did that do for you in regards to the rest of the industry? I think for me, like, I think it was a blessing first to work with an artist that um, was very um, sure of who he was or where he was going to. Yeah. Even at a very young age, like, he was sure that somehow, some way, you know, number one, even if it's not next year, even if it's not in two years, even if it's not in five years or six years you know, he would be number one. He just, and he knew that he had to work yeah. to it. He wasn't going to sit around and wait for someone to come and hand number one to him, he was ready to fight for whatever. So he would like, <laughs> he went Tren- in. Trenches, trenches behavior. <laughs> but anyways, anyways, yeah, for me, like, I think one, like I said, was a blessing um, working with him because then it kind of like set the, would I say the tone or like, so with everyone that I work with, so it's the same thing. I say when I sit with someone in three minutes, I know. Yeah. You get, I know if you're doing this just to be another ways, or if you're trying to do this to become the first of your kind, you know, um, also showed me the difference between talent and discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Cause nice. the, yeah. Talent yeah. and talent is, is nothing. Yeah, without discipline. there's a lot of talents. Like so many. Every there's like how many studios on the island today? 
And I'm sure in everyone that we go to will find amazing music. Yeah. But, but, but talent has to produce results. And results can only be made via discipline. Fam. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> so after Wiz, you launched Metal and things, you started moving. Uh, metal existed even while with Wiz. Okay. Yeah. And then after Wiz, you... you kind of like just refocused on... You know, like focused my attention on another artist. Yeah. Okay. Skills. Shake body. Yeah, that was the other artist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember then. I, I remember having a conversation. I remember then in 20... When did Shake Body blow? 2014. 14. I remember having a conversation with you trying to interview skills back mm. then. What I tell you? In 2014. Yes. What I tell you? Yeah, no, you gave me access to skills. I remember sitting behind the office then at Pulse and having this... Then, I was younger <laughs> then. I think I was like 22, 23 <laughs> back then. And Jeez, how old are you now, Joey? I turned 30 in October. How did you get to 13? <laughs> it's, so, it, it's shocking, right? I used to be this kid. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, he's saying 22. In my head, I'm like, 22, that's like two years ago or something. <laughs> well, oh. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm old now. Yeah. And I started talking, I started branding myself as an elder in this industry also before they because i've been get, before they begin to insult me <laughs> yes now i'm yeah. 30 i'm 30 now i'm yeah. not a child and 30 is young per yeah. se i've done this since i was 21 you've been you've been on the road man. yeah i've been on the road since i was 20, 20 19 20 21 mm -hmm. so i feel old yeah, very old <laughs> in this game. <laughs> I so, can imagine. So when I talk to people, I say, ah, oh, nine years ago, I had this interview with that. Nine years ago. And you're looking at you like, yes. <laughs> I know. I so, know. So I remember then you you helped me get that interview. We had the, I had the interview on the phone. And then when I was done, went into the room, into the office. Then I started typing. Tuck, 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 tuck. Yes. <laughs> and that was Wait, around. Else. That was around Shake Body, around mm -hmm. that period. And then you had just gone. You had gotten arrested also. Oh, then that's 2016. 2016. Okay, that was... Okay, you got arrested later in 2016. Yeah. yeah. So I remember... Then nobody cared about Skills. Skills was in a... Skills was... People knew him as this rapper from EME back then. They knew he was Whiskey's foil. Mm -hmm. A lot of his career was spoken in relation to Whiskey. Mm -hmm. Or how people considered it was, was always tied to Whiskey. Shake Body changed that. So you picked up an artist at the point when, or they've been working with this artist for a while. And then at that point, he was released by the label. Then according to what, uh, uh, according to what he shared on social, he found refuge with Timaya then. And what were you thinking at that point? You know, you were in charge of this person that was publicly going through it. 2013 was pretty much, his contract had come to an end. Um, Again, I had that one of those moments where it was like the same cycle and I wanted something different. So I had um, tendered my resignation as well, at, yeah. like from EME. And then we decided to go on the road together. I think that a lot of people didn't and still don't understand Skills. Skills is actually an amazing artist. He in is. the real sense of the word, he is. artist. Um, I remember trying to get him on EME because EME, they wanted a rapper. And there was this show, Sound City, I can't remember what it was. It was at Ocean View. And then he was the first artist to come out and perform. And then the sound, like his CD, obviously maybe he had burnt that CD like months ago and had used the same CD for like a hundred different shows between mm -hmm. Kaduna, Abuja, Joss yes. and Lagos. And like, by the way, he used to come to Lagos on a bus. So imagine spending like 
18 hours trying to come to Lagos. So he'd come to Lagos for this same show and got to the show and then his CD wasn't playing. And then his manager at the time was trying to get the music to play and then he just goes on the mic and he's like, they shouldn't bother. And then he goes on to perform heading for a Grammy from beginning to end a cappella. And when he was done, everyone was saying, I'm heading for a Grammy, one man army. The hit must be filled from Abuja to Miami. Like, it was wild. Ocean View was like outdoors. Like, they had the stage outdoors and everything. And that was the moment. Shagun's like, that's the guy. So Shagun was in the crowd. Yeah, he was in the crowd. He was in the crowd. Um, th- that was that was the moment. So even there's a song called "Wee's Party." Yeah. Um, baby, it was a dream, but I know that part of the song. Yeah. Was written by Skills. Nice. Like the verse, like that whole verse, you know. And then Wiz Wiz's input comes in from "It's true, the girls they love me, why mm-hmm. me?" But everything up until that part is Skills, and there was never a second verse. Because that song was actually never supposed to come out. We don't even know how it came out. Um, that was Ike. That wasn't me. <laughs> that was Ike's production. And we had recorded that at EXO Studio. But anyways, um, Skills is actually an amazing artist. But then I think because he was signed as a rapper, it didn't make sense when he now started to sing. Yeah. You know, but then... But he, did you encourage the singing? He's been singing, and I didn't think it, it was it was hectic for me because in my head I'm like, bro, they signed you as a, as a rapper, please rap. <laughs> yeah. You know, you need to keep rapping so that we can stay signed. You know, and then if when you start singing, because they signed a singer, it now looks like you're trying to compete with the other guy, and then you know you, you're losing all of the attention that can come to you. But I will tell you what, like out here, we didn't realize like Mukulu. Yeah. In the U.S. Like, Mukulu was such a huge song. Take Care of Me, um, does this other song. Like, Skills had, like, because we didn't have access to take, for example, stuff like Apple Music for Artists, YouTube Studio, uh, Spotify for Artists, like all the analy- uh, the, the tools for analytics yeah, the and everything. the dashboards and the yeah. back ends. We didn't know these things. So it's when we started to travel, thanks to Shake Body, yeah. that we'll go, we're traveling because we think we're going to perform Shake Body. And then everyone is yelling mukulu mukulu, and they were looking like, okay. "Do you get?" But yeah. out here, we're thinking, "Who's this ways wanna be?" <laughs> you know, but like I think that his his true artistry hasn't even been put on display. Yeah, like for skills, I think that now there's just a lot more focus on finding hits. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to you know. The actual like the actual yeah, music yeah. or the artistry and everything. And I think that that's where everyone gets it confused when it comes to skills. Mm-hmm. So like, with Shake Body, what happened? Um, I remember the first time I heard Shake Body, I didn't even listen. Like I didn't even because it was so different from, you know, skills, like totally different. And he was recording because we had just left him. He had been recording. And then it was his birthday where he was staying. He was staying with some friends who had just come into the country. So he was literally squatting with them at this apartment that they were in and he had a poolside so he was it was his birthday so we're all there you know that conversation well, i'm going to leave that one for my book okay. that happened the same day yeah. of the birthday and then the song came on like i don't even know i, I don't know if it was a producer if it was him if it was jp so if it was him or if it was someone else but then they played the song and everybody there like out of the music industry his friends from Leeds city university like guys that were just there were dancing and then they said play it again 
And we just looked at each other and said, ah, this, this is next, yeah, though. Yeah. This is the one, and then we started. Someone had given it to the DJ on the night? There was no DJ. It was No, there wasn't a club, who, who had money oh. to go to club. We're just at somebody's apartment. Okay. The guys had come to Nigeria, we were staying at an apartment, and then he just decided to have a party by the pool. Yeah. At the, at the, we're not even plenty. I don't think we're up to 20 people there. But then the reaction was just crazy, because it wasn't like music industry people. It was like regular, his friends to get regular people like his friends like his friends from uni yeah and all that and that was that was like just watching them react to it not even knowing and then they all got excited when it was like oh his skills his skills his skills yeah and then we dropped it um that blew up real quick instant like it blew up real instantly quick. Like, it was really fast like real quick like we didn't even have money for a video um i don't know if he's ever said this Olamide called him and asked him why he hasn't shot a video and then sent him money for the video. Wow, nice. Yeah. Beautiful. We, we, the money wasn't even enough to get like a big time director or whatever. Uh, we got um, his friend, his childhood friend from Kaduna, Stan's Visuals, you know, came in to shoot the video. I got Unlimited LA to stop by the video just to watch. And then he noticed some things on the camera, changed it. Unlimited LA is like my day one. Um, he and um, his partner at MSAYC Productions made the t-shirts in Holla at Your Boy, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. So that was, that, that blew up real quick. Um, got signed to Base 9. Yeah. And like everything just went up for him from there. In, in, in all of this, like managing artists and, you know, going on the road with these people and connecting your life with, with another individual's life, it's it's I don't know it's so weird. It, it Sometimes is. Sometimes it feels like jazz. Yeah, it is. So in situations <laughs> where it is, it, it's jazz. I see. Yeah, because sometimes jazz. you look back and you're like, bro, did I just do that? I remember. So there was when we dropped Scales' album, yeah, uh, Man of the Year in 2016 or no 2015. I remember Moyo and I, Moyo Shomadi and yeah. I, we, we we had metal together, like on the day of that, like the day before the show, we we're going to cancel because we had run out of money. Yeah, is him okay? Where's Where's Moya? I've not seen her in Moya, a while. Like every single, I've not event, seen her in a while. Where's she? Like all the shows that you saw in December were probably produced by her. Ah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> you see, people never leave this game. <laughs> so actually, that was, people never leave this yeah, game. Actually, I know she's in the game, but I'm, I'm, you just don't know where I, yet. I've not seen her. Yeah, but like I've not is. seen her in person. She, she but is. in a while, she is. Um, so we were on. We had no money. We couldn't eat, like the day before. We were done. Like, see, I, the only way it would have been money was if we went to stand at Sanusifa House somewhere. <laughs> like, we were done. Like, we were stretched out. Like, yeah. we were so broke. Like, our accounts, like, the company accounts, personal accounts, like, all done. Like, those were one of the moments where you ask yourself, like, is this juju? Yeah. Like, is this, like, is this really? <laughs> True. Like, how did I get here? But then, but yeah. for you, having to show, being the manager, there's always this expectation of leadership from you. We can't stop. We have yeah. to keep going. So how do you now, for an artist who's dejected, someone who has seen, for an artist that's dejected, someone who's seen the world like move against them or the world, or they, they have to swim against a, a, a stronger tide. How do you now inspire that artist to keep going? Because even you said, you don't no have the energy. No. no inspiration. You don't have the energy. But how do you now have to make another person move when you yourself, you don't want to move? In that moment, like, bro, like, that's such a... I don't even know how to answer these questions in this question because, fam, I think I think that that's where true passion now comes in. Yeah. Um, 
true purpose like your why like you know actually comes in because i don't know how it happens i've been in so many situations like that and it's weird like i meet artists who say to me that oh do you remember when it was it was you what you said to me that got me through i'm like what did i say i probably needed help at the time so how was i helping you so i don't know that i don't know if i can put a uh like i don't know i don't know how to answer that to be honest but it just happens yeah cuz i think in those moments it's like for a human being not just an artist to come to you and say i am about to give up or this shit doesn't make sense i think you just know that if you agree with this person now then you're both going down together true so if one person is going down you have to even if there is there is no strength it makes no absolute fucking sense you know you have to try to, to lift the lift other person up, up. Yes. yeah artist or no artist or whoever and i think that's pretty the, much what it always all boils down to then who lifts you up because you're in the same trenches with them when people say check on your closest friends <laughs> or check on your friends no check on your strongest friends yeah like people like it gets it gets very lonely so remember what i told you about 2020 january 2020 yeah i think it was like that it's one of those moments where you just i feel like that a lot of times to be honest um i feel like i i give more than i get yeah i also never ask yeah yeah like i'm terrible <laughs> i'm very terrible Same at that here. i also Same never here. ask yeah um but i've been blessed with a great support system like it's weird the guys the guys who look out for me like it's so weird like uche obviously by default <laughs> but then the guys who would randomly just hit me up from the blue like yeah but i think that god looks out for me yeah. ultimately so that's why people would remember me but then i don't think sometimes you even expect anyone to come you know looking out for mm-hmm. you lifting you up or yeah. anything because <laughs> at the end of the day is 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 god sha yes it, <laughs> you get, it's it, all god it is and and you've been doing this for so I've long i've never i've never actually like you know you, you see why i'm i'm so like i'm it feels like i'm stuttering or like i'm stunned yeah cuz i never i never yeah thought for, about it like yeah because you the careful people who looks out for you who looks out who takes god. care of the carer god <laughs> <laughs> and you've done this for so long and in what way has in what way has management changed over the years especially in nigeria now um, we have afrobeats to the world we have we have a lot of tools we have ev- we have a lot knowledge information, information access, access. Like, yeah in what way did it in what way has it changed the art of managing um in nigeria because there's there was never really i i, I think that in nigeria like everything that has happened to date like from the time that i came in the guys like myself guys like myself godwin tom um who else even abuchi like abuchi like we're, we're all like like the newcomers back then abuchi moyo um i'm trying to think of someone else larry lawal yeah uh i forget like i forget a lot of names now yeah but at the time i think that you know there wasn't any structure there wasn't any actual definition of who your manager was so at the time you were the personal road business manager pr um what else anr you are a Swiss knife. You guess like any anyone that needs anyone that needs to pop out, you have to bring it out exactly, of yourself. Exactly. I think so first off in that in that way it's, it's changed because there's a lot more it's a lot more defined. We know now. There's still no school in in, in Nigeria. 
that tells you that teaches you about music business or the different parts of music business yeah. or that it's like artists telling an artist that oh you need a lawyer you have to have a lawyer but that's what that's what godwin tom is building now now yeah and it's taking him going from being an artist to becoming a manager to this point yeah you get and then it's, it's godwin tom it's a country of how many people it's the continent of how many people yeah you get and like i was saying to you earlier like I, I traveled to about five countries recently for work yeah and it's amazing how um how most of these countries are like eight years ago in nigeria yeah 15 years ago in nigeria yes it's like it doesn't make any sense that that's still like some of those things some of the things that are happening in these countries that we even take ha- for granted bro like i'm telling you <laughs> So, like, it's a lot different now um, in management in Nigeria. Even the artists understand who their mani- what their manager is supposed to do. Um, they understand the, ki- the kinds of teams that they need to have. Yeah. Before they sign record deals, they kind of, like, know what their expectations, what, you know, what roles they play as artists, you know, are. Like, there's a lot more information. There's a lot more access. It's a lot more. It's, it's a bit healthier now. Yeah. But then, even with all this information, people will still. Um, I think there's also <laughs> so there's always good and bad parts. Yeah. So there's the part of you know artists still getting preyed on by managers who know better. Yeah. Or labels who know better, you know. And then you find this amazing kid who doesn't know anything. Yeah. In a very funny situation. Yeah. Yeah. So compared to when I when I started out, it's a lot. Even if there's still no structure now, but then it's a lot better. Uh, I think just having access to information, having access to opportunities and roles that can help you grow yeah. or learn with experience is a lot more. Than but would you do it again? This? Yeah, man- I do it again, management. But, yeah, I do it again, but I do it a lot differently. Like In what the way? Job. Um, first, I, wouldn't, I don't think I'd be as emotionally invested as i've been because i think as as much as that's my um people say that that's like my greatest or my best quality the quality that i love the most but it's also one of the qualities that i dislike the most about myself how much i actually care because i take like i've been served shits like so many times yeah so i, I want to go into like where you're at now and how amazing that is <laughs> But before then, we've scattered around you being arrested. Um, do we want to talk about that now? <laughs> okay, we'll put it, we'll put it so, in the book. So, so I'll just talk about it real okay. quick. Yeah, it was just... Um, I think what it was was just a power play. Yeah. yeah. No, not, not that I think. It was just a power play because I didn't do anything wrong, you know. And I was literally... I was going to be kept in that cell until I signed off from being skills as manager. Whoa. Yeah. What, why didn't so, you sign? I, I signed like then like by the next day the next day I'm like yo where's the documents like fam <laughs> not because I that, was, that's that's a was, mafia such, that's a mafia move man it's a very weird story but like let's just leave it at that okay for okay. Now. okay we'll put it in the book <laughs> <laughs> so that happened and now you've done work I I, I want to talk about Timaya but I want to talk about Timaya also with what you are doing with like your new role your role at one rpm mm-hmm. streaming for you why did you why did you take up the one rpm job so for like from the moment we left like i stopped working with eme 
Um, I think one of the things that I was never privy to was like digital. Yeah. Like um, learning how the music distribution worked. So I remember one time when, so when we dropped Shake Body, we had used TuneCo. Like we had used the DIY service. But then they're in the country now. They're in Nigeria now. I spoke with their director, the Nigerian director. Anyways, <laughs> so we had used it, and then someone in the states had sent me a screenshot to say, not even in the state. I think someone here had sent me a screenshot to say because I didn't even have the app. I wasn't using an iPhone, you know. And like, oh, how did you get the banner? I'm like, I have no freaking idea. <laughs> so everyone used to message like, Oh, you guys got the banner? How did you? How did you? So I was always curious, you know. Then I started to learn. I've, I've always been. I've always known how to i had a youtube channel once where i used to upload music videos yeah in like 2000 and between 2007 2010 yeah like every artist that we um, clarence would shoot for their videos would be on my youtube because nobody knew how i didn't even know how to create another channel for an artist yeah. you get more <laughs> so i always knew about youtube i was just curious about you know how things work so over time from when we left eme I had messed with like different DIY services, just trying to understand, um, learn how digital music distribution worked. And I think it was in the process of all of like the, I don't want to say in the process, the hunger for understanding or figuring out why and how this works is how I got into the one RPM conversation. Cause even at with one RPM, the first conversation was for Timaya's catalog. And then um, a few months after that, I got offered the job. Why did you take it? Uh, so like I said... Because it's such a huge shift from what you've always done. Yeah, and I wanted... I wanted even, when, even when I heard it, I'm like, I celebrated for you because I knew I did the research for the company and who mm -hmm. they were and everything. But mm -hmm. I'm like, why is she making such a fundamental shift? Yeah, and it was such a huge decision for me because one, I didn't think I could do it. Um, and I just didn't want to do it. <laughs> Because yeah. I now, like, so prior to 1 RPM, I could choose the artist that I speak to that I give access to me. But now 1 RPM is like everyone. Yeah. Like, I have to speak with everyone. True. I have to be available for as many people as possible. A lot more people than usual. Um, and I wanted something very different. I wasn't going to take it. Like, I honestly wasn't going to take it. Um, it was a very, because it was, it was very scary. Yeah. It was very scary for me and then i was being placed with the responsibility of starting like started and growing the business not just in nigeria but in africa yeah starting with nigeria so i was trying to run away from it because like these guys like these guys don't even know who i am yeah you know it's literally one person that met with me we had like two three meetings and then his he thinks i'm amazing and then he's introduced me to the owner of the company and like two other directors and they all think i'm amazing i'm like okay and then I sat with, I was in London, January 2020. Yeah. And then I I had uh, a, a conversation with Chin. I were hung, Chin Okeke. Chin Okeke, yeah. That's my, that's my brother. <laughs> that's my Amazing, my great guy. That's my brother. Great guy. And then Chin said to me, he says, um, if people like you who can actually do the work, keep, keep running away from the responsibilities because I never do press. I never um, do anything that kind of like puts me in the public so to speak and he's like if you keep running away then the guys who can do half of what you can keep getting these roles and keep getting you know, you know praised for doing little or nothing i've forgotten how he put it but he just hit me and i was like you know what just do it what's the worst that will happen yeah. you get you won't like you you can't you won't be able like you don't do it 
and then you move on to something else or whatever. And I did it. You know, start with just me. Was it challenging? It was very challenging. Like I had to, you know, get on these calls. There were these calls that would go on for like three hours. You know, the, and in the middle of the three hours, it's like six different courses and trainings that I have to, you know, get done. Like it was. So these trainings, they were training you to understand the streaming business. Yes, like, yo, it was intense. Like twenty twenty was very intense, and thank God for COVID because now I had more time to stay to stay indoors and then like um, pick up real quick. And I think that also because I had like um, a lot of experience, you know, prior to this it was easy to kind of grasp. So it's like getting actual definitions or actual, like, okay, this thing that you do, this is what it actually means. Because I've never been, there's no course that I've done for talent management. There's no course that I've done for understanding music business. I studied mass communication, majored in PR and advertising. I've done one business communications course, you know, at Berkeley College of Music. And that's, that's about it. So, yeah. It was it was very challenging but also very enlightening and the team at one rpm is is so amazing and one fun fact one rpm is probably the first organization that i've ever worked with that has the highest number of women in different positions oh, nice. heading departments Aha, part break, of the team breaking everything. the bias yeah breaking, breaking the, like breaking one the rpm <laughs> is so breaking the bias like it's 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 i've never worked with this many women yeah. like in my entire life yeah, and we everybody gets stuff done yeah. no drama no nothing like everyone like it's it's amazing it's but amazing. did it did it get to you in any way knowing i know you've run businesses you've run your business you've done this and you've come from an industry where even though you've been organized the industry in it it hasn't had that infrastructural organization to help with a lot of things did it change a lot of you having to be someone's employee now Ah, having to say yes bro. sir yes sir no not bro. yes sir you don't you yeah, call them yeah, their yeah. names yeah, since they're yeah, foreign yeah. but having to but answer bro. to line of well, bro, of reporting yeah. and all like, that i think like so fresh out of school i had a job like i had two jobs fresh out of school before i decided to do this like full time in 2008 like do me like work in music um full time and right from that moment i was always my own boss yeah so yeah like it was it was a bit weird on some days when You've got this idea and you need to run it through someone first but that's another amazing thing like with the team that i work with now so it's like it got it's gotten to a point where you know just do what you do as long as you're getting results yeah how has afrobeats to the world like influenced this job in your role afrobeats to the world. I this think this globalization so of that's our, the of reason our local why sounds. i think that one rpm is probably the first company that you know decided to come here build a team here yeah and be here yeah not just come here sign and then go back yeah yeah be here build here and then grow um so i think that afrobeats to the world is what got them to come here and even for martin martin was the who's martin his uh the director like of global expansion and ENR. so i'm such a writer yeah so when you introduce anything new to (laughs) me so i always even when i'm writing i introduce anything new i i find that i have to explain that thing within that writing yeah that's 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 amazing so it gives a lot more content so you understand um so martin is the head of global expansion at one rpm and um head of anr as well at one rpm so i think when he decided to come to africa as well 
it was a risk. Yeah. I don't think that anyone knew that he would come here and, you know, start, <laughs> start, start a company and then in two years now have to um, open five more offices across Africa. And that's what he did. <laughs> yeah, so I think it was like Afrobeats to the world. He noticed that and then he came out here. Uh. I, I haven't met a, forgive me, a white guy who listens to as much Afrobeats and Caribbean music as much as he does. Like he probably listens to African music more than I do. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. And and with yeah. this happening now, you you recently got a new role. Director, let me say it myself. <laughs> director of A and R and Operations. Yeah, director A and R and Operations Africa. For Africa. Yeah. So you're director. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> I'm getting rough shoulders. <laughs> yeah. So and, and that, that that happened because um so one RPM started in January 2020, and I said this yesterday that I think that the moment that one RPM came into Nigeria, it kind of like caused a shift in the music business. Yeah. Um, because now there's this international company that's coming, and the company is doing distribution for 8020, mm-hmm. 8515. Mm-hmm. Nobody else was doing that, you know, at the time. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. I think we were having a lot of, like, the minimum you'd hear would be like a 7020. No, seventy thirty. Yeah, true. Yeah, and it would be like for an artist that's like you know really doing well or whatever. Yeah. Um, it wasn't common, but then, and then also one RPM was working with artists no one knew, so we were working with the ones no one knew, the ones that everybody knows, yeah, and everything at similar um, paces. So I think that it kind of like challenged like the local guys that were here before, you know, to do better. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so I dare say that, you know, our coming into the markets, you know, works po- like worked for the yeah, better for, 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 for the entire yeah, ecosystem. Exa- exactly. Yeah, because exactly. one of the things, I know how digital distribution has been in this market. Remember when we started trying to connect our music officially to the internet and we had Vast then. And Vast was such a... I'll say this publicly, it was such a thieving ground. Such a thieving one. And then we also, there was, the guys who understood it never let anyone else understand it. They never let anyone come close to understanding. So it's like, you send me a report. There's like 300,000 Naira at the end of the reports. And I'm trying to understand how did I get 300,000 Naira. And then there's just this one Excel sheet that has so much jargon, forgive me, and you know the total is like 300 k you couldn't interpret the data no and then an excel sheet can be edited by any fucking body yeah this is not someone something that's been printed somewhere it's just an excel sheet that's been been, yeah being filled and mailed to you so you can only assume that if the excel sheet was like a million naira all you have to do is delete certain rows to get it to 300 k and you send it to the person and you've kept a cool 700 k but then I also guess that that's one of the reasons why that died uh, real quick. Yes. I remember <laughs> doing this story on, on Vast then when I used to work at Pulse. I had this, I found my sauce inside one of the people distributing distributing music, uh, one of the aggregators for them. Mm-hmm. I found a very good sauce. And I'm like, sit me down and break this thing down to me. Because I, normally I just went to the person's office. I don't want to use pronouns to even mm-hmm. find. Yeah. <laughs> that's. Time to the person. Like, sit. I, I sat the person down like, as a friendly banter. Not, I wasn't interested in the story. I'm like, ah, so this thing you do, the person was busy uploading, pushing music. And I'm like, okay. Because that's what I do in music industry. When I wanted to learn 
what a recording was. I spent like three, four months in a studio. I wake mm. up in the morning, I go there and I sit. Artists will come record everything. And at different points in time, I'll just be asking them, uh, what do they do there? What's this one? What's this one? Not because I wanted, yes, like not because I wanted to record, but I wanted to understand this journalism that I'm doing, the rudimentary of it. So when I make friends with people in like spaces that I don't understand, especially that work in music, I always ask them professional questions. What do you do? What do you do? So the more this person broke it down, the more I was like, alarm bells kept ringing like, this is stealing. This is theft. This is straight up theft. There's but no then, way. Yeah, but then, um, we didn't you only know what you know. You but even back then, it looked it, it was unfair to me. Yeah, but then for us in the industry, like it's like income that you. So we were very we're all used to booking shows. Yeah, that's where money comes from. Sure, Do you get it's only recent. Like so, when Vas came in, it's like oh, we can make money off of ringtones. <sighs> Baba, bring contracts. I sign just as long as you're sending me money every month or every three months. So. A, a lot of not not a lot not not many people were trying to understand where the money was coming from or how the money was being made it was just like okay money is coming um same thing with distribution even the guys who had first started distribution in nigeria yeah she gets for the artists and the managers or whoever that were working with them it wasn't a thing of nobody was like we weren't exactly trying to understand analytics then it was just interesting that you were making money, money from, from the music itself. Yeah, and somewhere previously we were making money for being an artist. Yeah, but now from the arts, actual, the yeah, MP3 itself, yeah, you're making money music. from it. And then as that progressed, it became a thing of, okay, if we're making hundred dollars, how can we make? How did we make this hundred dollars so that we can go and figure it out so that we can make three hundred dollars? Yeah. Then questions started being asked. You know, okay. Then the more artists travel. Like the more like so as myself as a manager, the more when we started to travel to South Africa, I think is when, um, with digital music, I started to understand that oh, YouTube pays, you can make money from this because you sit with other managers, you're sitting with other um, A and Rs like other business execs, and everyone's talking about the different revenue sources and everything. It's like movies back in the days. Like, do you know anybody that was getting paid to have their music in a movie? No. <laughs> you didn't tell the director. Thank you. <laughs> So with this now, you just launched in Africa. Yeah. How many, what countries are these? Um, Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire, Kenya, Tanzania, and South Africa. What services Rwanda are you Rwanda and South Africa, so six. What services are you offering? Everything that 1RPM is about, music distribution, label services. And why did you pick these countries? Um, so Ghana, no-brainer, it's right there. Yeah, it's like, one of the yeah. music centers. Yeah. Of the yeah. But for a country like Rwanda, Cote d'Ivoire, I can understand yeah. that francophone. But if you come like Rwanda, Rwanda what, what does amazing. Rwanda hold? It's amazing. Rwanda is probably like my favorite African country right now. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And, and it's amazing. Like the the artists, like this year, I, I say that this year is a very important year for Rwandan music because there's a lot of young artists between the ages of like 19 and 26 that are coming up now making such amazing music. Yeah. The only difference is like so compared to other countries, like so you, you know in Nigeria we've got like different genres. There's like artists you find an artist that's successful, one artist successful in rap in twenty twenty two, one artist successful in street hop. Yeah. <laughs> true, as they call it, one successful in R and B, like yeah. different gospel and in most cases it's more than one in all these different genres. Um in Kenya it's Gengeton. Yeah, Gengeton. You get mostly Gengeton and then maybe some soul singers. 
and maybe then the dance hall ones in Tanzania is bongo flavor yeah or now I'm a piano yeah or afro pop <laughs> yeah, they've yeah. been biting a lot from us. Though. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I see them. You see, you <laughs> see. So in Rwanda, just like Nigeria, there's like rappers. There's there's rappers, Ish Kevin. There's singers, uh, Mikey Ahura. There's Jiget. There's like there's gospel artists. There's Bruce Melody, Afro pop star, who can switch like. Like I, I can hear him on a record with um, Bruno Mars, yeah. and at the same time, I can hear him on a record with. Who now with John Legend, like a, there's like different kind. Like I, I met so many. Like I've heard so many songs. I went to I went to Rwanda. I went to Kigali December 2020 on holiday, and I didn't go for work, but like the last two days of my nine days, I got exposed to their music. Yeah, and it was crazy that I never heard of one Rwandan musician before. Yeah, me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like all the names you've mentioned yeah, now. Yeah, after this, like I'm not. After this, I'm going to go back and pick out this part where you mentioned these names. Look yeah. for them and get and an education. The, yeah. So it was amazing. Like exactly, this is what happened to me as well. Because everywhere I went, it was like Nigerian music everywhere. And I'm like, bro, I left Nigeria because I wanted, I wanted some peace. But now Nigerian music is following me everywhere. So I, I started like, um, I reached out to someone that i was supposed to have met like from the first day that i got in there yeah but then two days to leave i'm like you know what let me just talk to someone about rwanda and then he introduced me to all these amazing artists and they've never been given or they never had well because of all the stuff that they've been through they haven't really had as many opportunities as there are so they have I guess like the the biggest artist becomes the biggest artist by putting out so many records and you know so many videos and that's like the end. If you get so two of their biggest artists currently live in I think the states. Yeah. Because it's like what's next? True. Get, I'm st- I'm releasing music, doing shows, yeah. and everybody comes out. Then like, I do it again next year. <laughs> I do yeah, it again next true. year. It becomes cyclical. Yeah. yeah, but then now again with access to information and all of that, there's a lot more happening. Um, and this year is a very special year for Rwanda. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so <laughs> I'm I'm an advocate for Rwanda. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'll, I'll check them out. I'll check. I'll check what they have. Yeah. I'll check their music, and then hopefully I find something that ho- that I can hold on to. I'm I'm sure I'd find every you country will. I go to. I always find things I hold on I'll to. I'll share. I'll share. Please lots. do. Please do. Please please. If that's my thing, mm-hmm. please do. I want to <laughs> learn. In all of this, you've you've been a You've been a you've been a I want to look at in ways that you've served. You've served your family, you've served artists, you served man, you've served you're serving God. <laughs> these are your words. Joey. <laughs> Joey. <laughs> but these, okay. are your, these are your yeah. words. <laughs> when you put it this way, it's like Yeah, okay. of course. You've okay. served man, you've served God and, and through service to God and humanity, you've you found a way to still stay through to selling music. But I'm just sort of curious, like, I know service is your thing, but at the end of it all, what do you want to go home with you? Um, most importantly, I don't want the world to be the same way I, I met it in. Like, I don't want, you know, the world to be the same way it was before I, like, I don't want you to be the same way you were before you met me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I guess she's definitely not the same. No, she's she not. She's not the yeah. same. So that's, that's 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 it for me. Interestingly, she, she asked to to be on in my next recording because she's also learning. 
So yeah. Yes. And so then she, nobody's ever the same when they meet you, Joey. Yes. No, no, they yeah, <laughs> actually Yeah. So that's 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 it for me. Like my legacy, I just want people to so I, like, I want people to say God is good oh. Yeah, true. true. <laughs> to I want people to see how much drive yeah. I give when I believe in something. Yeah. And how more times than often it works out nice. and i want that i want that to inspire them in whatever it is that they do is possible like bro like when i was in secondary school i had no fucking idea what i wanted to do yeah. so it's just like when i'm in science arts or social science i really didn't give a fuck it was my parents that were about it about it you know even going into uni like i wanted to study english like who wants to study <laughs> who goes who who genuinely feels a form and says, and that was because I only liked English and literature, English language and literature and English in secondary school. So I'm like, okay, if I'm if I'm going, if I must continue this thing called education, <laughs> I might as well. And you know, my my life has just been very interesting, like the different ways and the different turning points and the way that God has come come through for me. Um, I want people to be inspired when they hear my story. Yeah. And that's why one of the reasons why I actually don't do interviews because most of the times I feel like, so when this comes out, I'm probably going to get like five more emails. Yeah. And I don't want my story or my conversations to just be gist. True. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to make sense. I wanted to impact someone. I want someone to hear it. I want someone to read it. And actually I wanted to impact their lives. And I have always felt that if I, ended up having this conversation like bro i wouldn't even be sitting down here with you because you'd have probably heard all of this somewhere like, someplace three else. years ago yeah true yeah yeah thank you and th- thanks for doing this to be honest i've been chasing the saga for three years now <laughs> <laughs> i'm chasing that since <laughs> it's not for three no, years now Joey. to get this conversation but and i've th- chased you too now yeah you have <laughs> we've chased each other <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for this, and I'm um, I'm happy that you, you you were able to do this, and I'm and, and I'm, I'm happy. Glad, and I'm glad that you're doing this because one of the things that we don't do, a lot of us don't do, is tell our stories. Yeah. And it's very important to tell your story so the next guy can learn from it. True. If I had, I don't want to name names. I don't want to use pronouns. But when I when um, Tosin Buckner was the first people to tell me that. You know, I think you'd make an amazing manager. Yeah. And I think you should go to this person because this person is doing really great. And I think this person will learn. Sure. And I used my last... God bless us all. God bless us. Like, I, I don't, I'm one of the people that, that, that believes that Tosin is still, like, hanging out. Somewhere. <laughs> hanging out somewhere. Like, yeah. Um, and she had told me to go see this guy. Yeah, this guy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Anyways, and I remember using my last card. To walking halfway down. and everything. Maybe he was stressed, maybe he was tired. But he just said to me, like, oh, there's nothing I can teach you. I don't have the time. I'm not taking any interns by. And when I was walking back to, was it Diroko? What they call that bus stop? Idiroko. Before Maryland. I, I don't there's know. one bus stop before Maryland. I, 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 You're coming I, from Oshedi. I, I, I don't know the mainland but, that okay, much. Okay, so, <laughs> so anyways. Um, yeah, when walking back, I was just like, no problem. He can't, like, but no worries. Like, we'll be in the same room one day she gets and i dare say that in a few years i was backstage with my artist at the same show as his artist and his artist performed before my artist uh, yeah that's, yeah that's beautiful so but then we don't we don't we don't we don't, we don't tell our stories yeah we don't tell our stories a lot um guys like wiz and david are some of the very few artists who 
we've literally grown with. Yeah. You know, and but even them, they don't they don't fully tell their story. I I, I won't waste. I've been trying to get whisked. But it, then but in twenty twenty, yeah, we scheduled an interview when Made in Lagos was supposed to come out, mm-hmm. and while we were trying to sort that out, NSAS happened. Oh, and that 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 really that was in. The, but, th- the other time I interviewed him, I interviewed Whiskey in South Africa mm-hmm. in 2016 for the Mamas. And after doing that, all of that, go back to my hotline, like, let me kill this story. And I checked my audio file, and the, my, the guy I hired in South Africa they record did not anything. record audio. So there was just video of Whiskey talking. Wait, I don't understand. He didn't, he didn't like click the audio. Does not have the video doesn't have audio. So it's just. Yeah, just Whiskey miming. <laughs> <laughs> miming with me. <laughs> You should get someone to transcribe <laughs> what you are saying. I don't have, don't have professional <laughs> lip readers here. So yeah, yeah. Those sort of, they, don't, they don't fully tell their but, story. But I feel like because of how they've, like there are people around them that tell these stories. These stories. But there's artists before them and then there are even artists now that are not saying anything to anyone. I was saying to Orezi the other day, like you need to tell your story because you're going to drop a song now that's going to be a hit. And Gen Z would think that you are a new artist because even you know already looks like a young young let, boy. Let him young come boy. here. Let him come to the number one podcast, <laughs> podcast. in Nigeria. I, I'll, let, I'll let him know. I'll let him know. Uh, yeah, and I think also like using Orezi as an example now. I think a lot of artists also want to talk. Yeah. It's like when I said it to him, it's like yeah, he'd like to, but where? Yeah. So everyone wants to feel comfortable or have these conversations with someone or a team who's not going to sell you know, these heartfelt conversations, these conversations that are coming straight from the heart yeah. as gist. No, of course not. Yeah. I don't do, I've never done gist before. Gist irritates me. <laughs> I'm serious, I've never but done that, it. But that's, that's why I'm here. Yeah. And that, that's why I think everyone who's going to sit with you, everyone who's sitting with you is doing it. Yeah, true, true. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Thank you.